Welcome along to 98 Not Out, the cricketing podcast. Well, we are all full of excitement. England are in a T20 World Cup final this weekend. Uh, and joining us uh, on this episode is the Daily Mail's chief cricket writer, Mr. Paul Newman. But before we get into it, remember to like, subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends we want to grow and grow and grow. So, without further ado, let's get into it. We're joined by, all the way from Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia, say Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne, Australia, uh, by... Good friend of the show, Mr. Paul Newman, who's been very, very good to us by honouring his promise that he made last time he was on to join us from the World Cup. So, Paul, how is it going down under? Good morning, Darren. Good morning, Webby. Well, it's been uh, it's been excellent. Uh, well, it was excellent the other night when uh, when in England thrashed India. That was fantastic. Uh, before then, it's been a, a story of uh, of the weather. Uh, England only just doing enough to get through some unpredictable results, which have been fantastic. But really, a World Cup that hasn't massively taken off in Australia, I would say. I think the time of year might be having something to do with that. It's been spring here. It's been a particularly wet spring, particularly in Melbourne. And I don't think it's really captured the imagination of the Aussie public. Certainly it didn't when they went out, that's for sure. But it really took off for England the other night with one of the most sensational displays, uh, as, I, as, as I'm sure you watched against India. And now we're just keeping our fingers very much crossed um, that the weather relents enough to, to have a proper final against Pakistan tomorrow. So we better talk weather. Um, how is the yeah. weather at the moment? It's pretty miserable. We arrived in Melbourne uh, yesterday. I, I didn't get in until last night. So I've just woken up to my first Melbourne morning. It's pretty grey out there. It's not raining at the moment. Uh, it's been cold and wet uh, here for much of the last few weeks. Obviously, when we were here last thing, this match against Australia got rained out and the, the island match was weather affected and the Duckworth Lewis Stern win for Ireland in the end. So the bad news, I'm afraid, is the forecast is terrible for tomorrow and it's terrible for Monday as well, which is the Ooh. reserve day. So so we're really now just keeping our fingers crossed and, and hoping the forecasters are wrong, which of course they can be. Um, and that the I did see one forecast that said the rain's going to relent in time for 7pm on Sunday night, which is local time when the game starts. So we can only hope that's true, really, and the outfield isn't saturated enough by then to cause a, a, a postponement. But it is a serious concern and... Um, People are even talking about um, sharing the trophy if it comes to it. Let's let's hope it doesn't come to that. They've got to have a 10-over match for the final for it to constitute a, a proper match. Uh, they'll carry on. If, say, they can only get eight overs on, on Sunday, they'll carry on with whatever score the, the, the batting side's on at that time the next day. If no play is possible at all, they'll try and have a super over. And if yeah. that's not possible, they'll share the trophy. And we can only hope it doesn't come to that. It happened once in a Champions Trophy tournament in Sri Lanka, I believe, around 2002, was it? When uh, they they in their wisdom they played the Champions Trophy during the monsoon season in Sri Lanka, um, <laughs> and the ICC bless them have, have now held this World Cup in the uh, in in a particularly wet spring in Australia. So it's not the best timing, and uh, let's just hope the final's not a damp squib. So so is that right? So if, if there's no play tomorrow where you are Sunday here, um, then it goes to Monday for us. Yeah, uh, ten overs on Monday. And is it 10 overs or nothing? Or is it 10 overs or possibly... Is, is 10 overs the minimum that the final can be unless it's completely... Or unless they start the game? It's got to be so 10 overs each each side, where they've decided. Before now, five overs each side constituted a game uh, under the World Cup regulations. But for the final, it has to be 10 overs a side. So if they can't get in 20 overs over the two days, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll abandon it. They, 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 if they can get 
two overs. And if it's dry enough for them to play two overs, they'll have a super over. But if, if not, then they're going to share the trophy, which obviously would be the, the nightmare scenario, really. And we're very much hoping it doesn't come to that. I think nobody wants that, do they? But the, but the, but the, the game can carry over more than one day. So, so if they can't complete the game on the day that the final is meant to be, then the game can carry over, not rather than start again. The game can yeah. carry over onto the reserve day. That's with correct. Yeah, when, when, when we had this Champions Trophy that was was um, rained off in 2002, they actually started the game again on the second day. So they had this ridiculous situation where they played almost a full game on the first day, uh, not enough to constitute a result, abandoned it and started again. And the same thing happened the second day. They're not going to do that this time. If, if say, there's only time for eight overs on um, on, on Sunday, uh, whichever side is batting first will continue for their next for their final two overs, say, on on the next day, or or if, if it's been constituted as a ten over game by that stage, if it, if it's still a twenty over game, they'll they'll play the remaining say twelve overs and then they'll have the second inning. So um, they're going to carry on where they left off, as it were, if there is some play possible on the first day. Wow, right. makes you wonder whether you want to win the toss, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I know it's. Um, it's it's an unfortunate situation. It really is for a world tournament. You know, I, I keep on saying, why do we play these tournaments in countries where they have so much rain? You, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have you know, it wouldn't happen if it was in England, would it? What are, the, what are the ground staff like at the MCG? I mean, uh, uh, various places around the world, the ground staff make all the difference, and they they handle the conditions really well. Um, from what you've seen down there, are they are they are they up to sort of getting the game on? Well, it's hard to criticise them on the evidence of one game, but they weren't massively uh, impressive for that Australia game, actually. I mean, it was raining. It was raining all day. We were sitting there all day. They were, I mean, when we got there, basically everybody was saying privately, we ain't going to play today. But they went through the motions, you know, to try and to try and be fair to the playing public, of course, which you can understand. They wanted to leave it as late as possible before they called it off. We had this charade of, um, of, of the umpires walking around, you know, with their umbrellas or sort of looking down and saying, we'll have another inspection in half an hour. And you think, well, we ain't going to change in half an hour. But they weren't massively impressive, actually. Whether they'd just given up on that game from the start and they just knew it wasn't going to be dry enough. But there wasn't much work going on uh, while they were waiting. Um, it's the drainage, they say the drainage is good, but it's nothing like Lords, it seems. It was very wet underfoot, whereas Lords would have been dry within half an hour in the same circumstances. They didn't have massive covering. Um, you know, it, it, we mentioned Sri Lanka earlier, a country like that, you know, they have covering that goes over the whole ground when they have this, uh, the, you know, these extreme um, rain bursts. But it was nothing like that at the MCG. They, they weren't even really going around with a rope to try and uh, dry it uh, much of the point. So so I'm not massively um, confident that they'll, they'll, they'll handle that well, actually, if it does if it does rain heavily here tomorrow, as everybody's saying. So, but maybe I just caught them on a bad day. We'll, 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 we'll see, I guess. Right, let's be positive, okay? Let's let's will the sun to shine and a bit of Aussie heat takes place and the game gets underway under normal circumstances, 20 overs aside. Um, where do you see the battles? Is it a battle of the openers? Um, are we going to see, you know, bowlers taking control of this? How do you see it? Um, I think it's very much a case of... Uh, actually, Nasser Hussain wrote a piece in, in, in our paper uh, that, that went in today, actually, which said he felt it was the best bowling attack against the best batting lineup, And I think that's probably probably correct. Um, Shaheen Shah Rafridi, of course, fantastic bowler for Pakistan, um, had, a, had a serious knee injury and actually had his rehab at Crystal Palace, I think you'll find, uh, before this tournament. Uh, he's a big mate of the doctor at Palace. Uh, if you look yeah, on Twitter, he's a nice a similar um, thing, didn't he? 
Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a nice little video on uh, on um, on Twitter today actually that Palace have put out of all their their players, so basically saying, "Come on, Pakistan!" and the doctor in his Pakistan shirt because they're all mates <laughs> with uh, Shaheen Afridi, um, Shaheen Afridi rather. Um, so he's a fantastic bowler and seems to be getting back to his best at the right time. He's, he he looks he looks as if he wasn't fit or he was rusty at the start of the tournament. Didn't play, of course, in the, the series against England, uh, the 2020 series that preceded this World Cup. But he's a world-class performer. Um, they've, they've got a fantastic uh, attack. Batting-wise, they rely very heavily on Baba Rizam and Mohamed Rizwan at the top of the order. And, of course, they weren't firing at the start of the tournament. And it looked as if, for that reason, they were going out. You know, they lost dramatically to India. Then they lost narrowly to Zimbabwe. And for all the world, it seemed they were out. You know, where have we heard that before with Pakistan? You know, 1992 comes to mind. But they've, they've, they've hit their straps at the right time. They've got here. It always seems destiny that they should get here and maybe repeat what, what Imran Khan's team did against England here in Melbourne in 92. But they're coming up against an England batting side, which on its day is formidable. And, and they had that day uh, against India uh, in Adelaide the other night, which was a sensational occasion. It really was a privilege to be there. Uh, the ground was packed with India fans. You know, the, the Barmy Army and England fans were struggling to make themselves heard, but they did make themselves heard. But, but Butler and Wales were just magnificent and and we didn't even ha- ha- get a chance to see Phil sort of three in his first game of the tournament. Um, and, and you know, Howes completely um, justified his uh, his selection here at the last minute as a replacement for Johnny Bairstow, the way he's batted in the last three games, actually. The, the captain was magnificent. And, and if they fire again like that, you can't see him losing, really. Uh, if those two and, and, and the rest of the England batting lineup fire and it goes back all the way down, Adil Rashid was carded to come in at 11 and he's got 10 first-class centuries, I believe. So um, Chris Jordan coming in for Mark Wood, you know, made the batting lineup even deeper. Chris Jordan did very well. His first bowl of the tournament, bowled three overs at the end um, in the in the India innings and did very well. So so it looks as if England are peaking at the right time, but it also looks as if there's, there's just something happening with the Pakistan team that makes you think, is it meant to be? So the best bowling lineup against the best batting lineup and Hopefully, the best batting lineup from an England point of view will prevail. I think that's the concern, though, isn't it, Paul? That in our wildest dreams, we couldn't possibly imagine Josh Butler and Alex Hales doing that again. So the concern is the the runs coming from the remainder of the top order, and and like you rightly yeah. say, you know, having <laughs> having batting all the way down, literally all the way down, is a lovely position to be in. But if those batters haven't had an opportunity to really ignite in the tournament so far that's the concern isn't it yeah that's a very good point Webby um, you know they they haven't fired throughout the whole tournament they have been relying on those two openers really you know in the same applied in the game against New Zealand that they, they came through and obviously the game against Sri Lanka which was very nervy in Sydney that, that got them to the semi-finals they almost blew what should have been a routine run chase an old-fashioned run chase but because they're so positively wired a few of them got out playing big shots when when they should have just done it the old-fashioned way and got them uh, in singles with one boundary and over almost when they were chasing five and over. But on that occasion, Ben Stokes stood up. You know, there's been some question marks over his um, place in this side, really, because T20, remarkably, really, is not his best format. His figures are not great. He's not got a 50 for England. Um, but but the, the sheer sort of presence and aura and character and, and, and game temperament of the man came to the fore and he just batted sensibly, he batted the situation. He got them through. So... So I think that, you know, you can rely on, on Ben Stokes on the big day. Other than that, you're right. They haven't really fired. We've had glimpses from Moeen. We've had glimpses from Liam Livingston, perhaps a bit too low at six and seven. Harry Brook has had a very quiet tournament now. 
this is an incredibly gifted lad, isn't it? We, we all, we've seen what he can do, uh, particularly in the, the T20 format in Pakistan when he played a couple of amazing innings. I think he's going to be England's next great batsman across all formats, but he hasn't done it in Australia yet. So tomorrow is a big day for him as well. And that is the concern. If the openers don't fire, then it's very much over to, 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 the, to the rest of them to, to show that, that they're, they're not all out of form, as it were. And Phil, I think uh, I think Derby Milan's not going to be fit. I think Phil Salt will play again and he's he's itching to, to get going. He's looked fantastic in the nets. And so maybe it'll be his day. You know, he'll get his first bat in the tournament in the final and he'll come off. You never know. Um, um, so I, I just think that they're, they're too good, really, to, to keep on failing. So if they do lose early wickets and the openers go early, I'm just keeping my fingers firmly crossed that there's so much quality in that lineup that we will see what they're made of, as it were, and, and that they've come to the fore. It's probably worth noting as well just how good this run to the final has been, given that there were so many injuries and absentees from this squad. Um, notably, yeah. uh, young Johnny Bairstow, who you mentioned, but you know, my heart bleeds for poor old Reese Topley as well, who's yeah. had the season of his life uh, playing for England. Um, and to have an injury in such ridiculous circumstances... Um, must be hard for him to sit and watch this one out. I know his dad's devastated. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was devastating, wasn't it? He's, he, he, as you say, he had such a great summer, really cemented his place in the side. I think for the first time, he, he was, you know, one of the first names on, on the team sheet. They really were looking to him to be one of the leaders of the attack here, peaking just at the right time. We all know that the injury problems Reese has had, those four stress fractures of his back in five years, he's come through um, on the point of, of, of giving up on the game at one stage and who could blame him. So he's come through all that adversity. This was his time. So it's been a bowler's World Cup as well. You know, there's been a lot of seam and swing. There's been the conditions um, for his side of bowling. Uh, and then just that freak injury, as you say, we were at Brisbane for a game that England didn't even want to play, a warm-up game against Pakistan. They played Pakistan seven times already uh, before this tournament. Then they played three games in Australia, in which they looked very good. They beat Australia 2 0. They didn't want to play the game. Uh, it was a behind closed doors friendly. Pakistan didn't want to play it either. So there we all went off from Perth to Brisbane and back again. It was just a ridiculous schedule. Uh, and in the warm ups, Reese was taking catches on the boundary and he's, and he's gone, he's, 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 he's turned his ankle over badly on, on one of those Toblerone boundary markers. And um, um, it really did put attention on those. You know, they're, they're, they're packed with advertising. They're 20 centimetres high in this tournament. And they're a hazard. I, I did an interview with Reese just last week, actually, about the whole thing. And, he's, and, he, and he, was, he was blunt in his assessment of them. You know, they're just there for money. Um, who, who thought that was a good idea to have those, those large boundary markers there when, when you know, we, we've all seen how fielders are filled these days trying to pull off these spectacular boundary catches when they go over the boundary and flick it back. You know, that we're, we're seeing standards of athleticism and fielding that we've never seen before and these things are a hazard and it robbed Reese Topley of his World Cup dream um, and, and it, it could ease and it should be the the sort of tipping point that, that, that makes the ICC think hang on you know we can't do this we've got to we've got to think more of the, the, the welfare of the players um, um, but, um, but but sadly I can't see that happening because we all know what, what the bottom line is with, with the ICC um, but uh, yeah desperate blow for him and, and when I was speaking to Reese, he said the one thing that would soften that blow is if England win the tournament without him because he will then feel that he wasn't that missed which is a, a good way of looking at it and I very much hope that if England bring it home tomorrow they'll think of Reese. I'm sure they will because he's a popular lad within their camp uh, and that they'll make sure he gets a medal because he, he certainly deserves one Okay, uh, final thought before we let you go. Um, assuming it all gets underway, assuming it's a full 20-over spectacular 
game and occasion. I think it will be. I mean, are there are there lots of Barmy Army fans down there to see off the Starney Army? There's a few here. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that the England don't get the following overseas in these one-day tournaments as they do test cricket. And personally, as an old-fashioned test fan, you know, I, I, I like that. I, I like the fact that people still want to see test cricket. It's still, it's still where they want to spend their money. But there are a number of supporters here. They were um, largely outnumbered uh, in, in Adelaide the other night by the Indian fans. And I think they're going to be outnumbered here as well. The Green Army uh, were out in, in force uh, for the semi-final. Uh, against New Zealand um, in Sydney. And I think they're going to be in the majority again. It's not going to be four. I mean, look, it's such a vast ground here. I was over 90,000, doesn't it? But I, I don't think we're going to get capacity. But uh, I think uh, in England are going to be in the minority again. But that suited them absolutely fine the other night. Um, there was one, this, this amazing moment where Hardik Pandya was trying to wind up the Indian fans and getting them all going because uh, he could see the match slipping away uh, from, from, uh, from India. Uh, and as he was doing this, the crowd was really going one of the you know loudest noises I could remember on a cricket ground. Butler just casually smacked the next ball for four, you know, and then oh, and it all went quiet again, you know. So, <laughs> so I don't think England will be intimidated by the atmosphere if Pakistan fans are in the majority uh, tomorrow. Um, so let's just hope against all hope that the forecasters are wrong. They have been wrong several times. We all know we get a full game and that it's a proper spectacle and England win it. That's uh, that, that's that's my hope anyway. Well, Webby and I are both insanely jealous of you being down there. Um, hopefully you took I'm your lucky, English clothing with you. You got your puffer and your woolly hat to just kind of uh, keep things going. Um, but um, well, enjoy the game. I didn't, even bring, I didn't even bring a coat. I can't believe it. I've been doing this for a long time. You know, I should have realised it wasn't. I took a coat with me to the West Indies in, in earlier this year. And I was just lugging this coat around, never needed it. I thought I won't make that error again. And it's been freezing. <laughs> it's been cold and wet. We saw a little bit of sunshine in Adelaide the other day, which was nice. But uh, I'm certainly not complaining. It's a privilege to be here. And um, I just uh, I hope it has a, a really nice uh, finale now and, and, and England bring it home. Well, I suppose the West Indies is one place in the world where you cannot buy a puffer jacket for love nor money. But <laughs> so... No, no, quite. So I, at least I've been able to buy things here to keep her warm. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, brilliant. Well, we appreciate you giving up your time. Um Enjoy the game, I'm sure you will, and let's all hope that uh, England bring it home. Paul, many thanks for joining us. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Webby. Thanks for listening to 98 Not Out, the cricket podcast. Please subscribe to the show in your podcast app to make sure you see the new episode each week as it appears in your feed. And if you enjoy the show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help us introduce the show to even more people. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you on the next episode.